1: But five minutes was always enough for them. When I went back to the table where my boyfriend Mike and I were having coffee, I saw some girl who I didn't know sitting in my chair. She didn't seem bothered by the fact that my purse was hanging on the back of my chair at all. What about Mike? He didn't seem to have any idea what was going on and was smiling like nothing had happened. It pissed me off. I wasn't ready to put up with another stranger this time. So I decided to act in the spirit of a typical bouncer. I walked up to her, grabbed her by the hair, and dragged her aside. Ouch! The girl screamed. What are you doing? Help! I was attacked by a psycho! You'll know how it is to hit on my boyfriend. A shocked Mike froze and decided not to interfere. Finally, I let go of the girl's hair. And she ran away so fast, she should be in the Olympics. Everyone in the cafe looked at me with horror. She was messing with my boyfriend. As if apologizing, I said and returned to the table. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm a little jealous, but I can't help it. My boyfriend is incredibly handsome and graces the covers of many fashion magazines. Mike was 17, and he was already working at a very famous modeling agency. He participated in fashion shows, starred in commercials. (laughs) I do not know what he saw in me, but it was love at first sight. I had just moved to a new school, and I was already head over heels in love with the handsomest guy in the world. That's usually how an unrequited love story starts, but I got lucky. Mike came up to me one day and said, would you like to go to the movies? I was taken aback, but still squeezed out of myself. Uh, Sure. And so we've started dating. Yeah, some would say I found my happiness. And I kind of agree with that. But it wasn't that easy. Mike was never alone. He had girls around him all the time. At school, in class, at the modeling agency, cafes, movies, the playground. It was as natural for Mike as breathing. I was suffocating with jealousy. But that was just the beginning. In and out of school, I was always near him. I was more or less calm about Mike. But when he went to Paris for a week, I started going crazy. And with eyes red with fatigue, I was 24 hours a day monitoring his social media. And God forbid there was a girl in the picture. And then Mike was back and I was happy again. As for the cafe scene yeah I lost my temper a little bit there but it's understandable too once we were supposed to do a biology project when they started announcing couples I had my fingers crossed I wish it was Mike. I wish it was Mike miss Morris meanwhile announced Katie and Rob oh shit I blurted out but quietly miss Morris continued Mike and Tiffany It was comparable to a knockout. Tiffany is the captain of the cheerleading squad and just a walking stereotype of the school beauty. After class, I went up to Miss Morris and tried to protest her decision, but all I got in response was, your opinion doesn't matter here. Rob, who had been standing beside me the whole time said, are we going to work on ours?" I let out a sigh of despair and nodded affirmatively. Rob was over the moon and I noticed that he liked me for a long time. When I found Mike at recess I asked him, where will you be working on the project? Tiffany invited me to her house, cool I think they have a hot tub. I tried not to show, but it was hard. Not only was Tiffany beautiful, but she lived in a huge mansion where she was allowed to do whatever she wanted. Her parents worshipped her like a deity. She could do nothing but dance though. I tried to start from afar. Look, is Tiffany even good, do you think? Kind of. Mike answered briefly. And she can dance. I think so. I couldn't help but blurt it out. Do you think you could fall in love with someone like Tiffany? What? What's your point? Just answer it. I don't think I want anyone but you. I smiled, but it didn't make me feel any better. Tiffany had her eye on Mike for a long time. I knew that for a fact. She'd told her friends in the locker room once. If I was dating Mike, we'd be the prettiest couple in school. Well, that's not going to happen, I whispered. What? Mike asked back. I said I love you. I love you too. It was project day. We had to do an experiment on a live mouse and find out how the reward system worked. This required building a small cage and a cheese dispenser, like in the textbook. Generally, I loved biology, so I was sure that Rob and I would have no problem, especially since he was a straight-A student. I invited the guy over to my house. Rob showed up an hour early and brought a bag of chips and a Coke. We started working on the project, but something inside me was rebelling. I couldn't concentrate and reread the textbook page by page just to understand it. I couldn't stop thinking about Mike. Knowing that he was in Tiffany's house at the same time was excruciating. Rob, meanwhile, had finished the cheese dispenser and asked how things were. (laughs) Great, I lied, but, you know, let's put it on hold for a while. But we have to turn it in soon. We'll make it. I wanted so badly to go to Tiffany's and take a peek at what was going on, to put my mind at rest. But I didn't want to go alone either, so I lied to Rob again. Look, there's just one thing we're missing here. We need to go somewhere and get it. Why don't I run home? Rob suggested. Don't be silly, I said, and we went to Tiffany's. I didn't know what to do yet, but I was determined. Mike is a great guy, but he doesn't know how to say no. He's too cooperative, and who knows what can happen when he's around a girl like Tiffany. I knew where she lived beforehand, I guess I felt like I couldn't take it. So there we were, the house was really big, like the kind of mansions where old reclusive aristocrats live, or vampires who lure young girls there. At that moment, Tiffany herself was the kind of vampire I needed to get rid of. Here we are, I told Rob. Wow, is this Dracula's residence? <laughs> that's funny. Rob was embarrassed. All we have to do is sneak in through that window on the second floor. What? I thought we were here for a detail. Yeah, that's where Tiffany lives. And while I'm looking for the part, you're going to ring the bell and pretend you're an encyclopedia salesman. But she knows me. We're in the same class. Trust me, she has no idea who you are okay fine but i don't like it i patted rob on the shoulder and climbed up to the second floor gripping the gutter tightly with my hands it was pretty high and i didn't want to fall down and die right here in front of tiffany's house as i climbed onto the balcony i looked down and waved to rob he waved back i waved for him to go to the door and ring the bell the guy left i opened the door and went inside everything in tiffany's house looked pompous and expensive Marble floors and stairs, huge chandeliers, paintings on the walls. Yes, a vampire lives here for sure, I whispered to myself. I walked down the long hallway. I didn't know exactly where the terrible Tiffany's lair was located, where she lures naive handsome guys like Mike. At that moment, Rob rang the doorbell. I barely had time to hide behind the curtains. First I saw Tiffany come out of the room, and then I saw Mike. He came downstairs, too. While they were gone, I slipped into the room. There was a mouse cage on the bed and a textbook next to it. Well, that doesn't mean anything yet, I decided. We need more information. I couldn't think of anything better to do than hide in the closet. A few minutes later, Mike and Tiffany returned. Rob is a weird kid, Mike said. I've never seen him before, Tiffany said. He's in my class. I still haven't figured out why he came here. Okay, let's keep going. Let's oh where were we something that makes you feel good ah That's it. I couldn't take this betrayal anymore and jumped out of the closet I knew it Tiffany shrieked in horror and rushed over to Mike you're in love with Tiffany What are you doing here? There was no face on either of them watching you cheat on me but we were just working on a project. I heard everything. Where did you settle on? What makes it fun? I mocked Mike ineptly. That's part of the experiment. You have to give the mouse food to program its actions. Without pleasure, it won't budge. There was an uncomfortable pause. We can't go on like this, Mike said irritably. What are you talking about? Your paranoia. But no, Katie, it's over mike not wanting to hear my excuses left the room i guess you can find your own way out tiffany told me sarcastically and ran after mike i came home depressed i couldn't believe mike had left me all because of tiffany who am i kidding my inner voice said this was all my fault why did i have to go to her house i knew mike would never lie to me but it was too late I woke up with the distinct feeling that I had to get Mike back. But how? Thinking about how to get my boyfriend back, I had completely forgotten about my project with Rob. Thankfully, my classmate had done it alone. I found Mike and Tiffany at school, standing at their desks, talking. I went over to the girl. Look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to barge into your house and act stupid. What else do you call someone who doesn't trust her loving boyfriend? Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, Tiffany replied. I went back to Rob and the Mouse Cage. Both of our projects got top marks. I didn't have much to do with it, though. But I promised Rob I'd go to the movies with him to see his favorite sci-fi movies sometime. Cool. The guy was happy. After class, Mike came up to me and said, as if nothing had happened, What a hassle with these mice. Try to get them to run a maze for a piece of cheese. You did it. So did you. He took my hand and walked me home. Of course, my jealousy didn't magically disappear, but at least now I wasn't sneaking into other people's houses and punching the next girl who fell in love with Mike. Beauty requires sacrifice. What would you do if all the girls at school were in love with your boyfriend and tried to take him away from you? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends.
0: You think it's fun to have a double? It might be. But not in my case. Hi, my name's Mary, and I ran into a terrible problem when my sister stole my identity. It all started on Thanksgiving. Our small family has a strange tradition of celebrating this on the second Monday of October, which is the Canadian way, even though none of us have Canadian roots. The stores are not packed with people, and turkeys cheaper, was my mother's explanation. In general, it was a pretty boring holiday. At dinner, we take turns talking about what we're thankful for this year. It's no big deal. It was another Thanksgiving with no disasters in sight. We all gathered around the table and began to give our Thanksgiving speeches. Mom was grateful that everyone was alive and well. Dad mentioned the family's well-being and stability at work. When it was my sister Audrey's turn, she looked at me angrily at first and then said, I'm very grateful that Mary stole my boyfriend from me. Unscrupulously took my place in the play and made a laughing stock of me when she poured lemonade all over me in the school cafeteria. And also, thanks for my burrito poisoning. We stared at her with our mouths wide open. That's not true. I finally came to my senses. I didn't steal your boyfriend. It's just that Marcus likes me and not you. And I got the lead because I was more convincing. That's fair. The lemonade and burrito thing were an accident and I had nothing to do with it. You knew I liked Marcus. Just when I shared it with you, you started going after him. No, it's not like that. You think you're better than me, but you're an idiot. You're an idiot! I got offended. That's it. Mom was a bit late with her intervention. That's enough. What have you turned Thanksgiving into? It's fake Thanksgiving anyways, exclaimed Audrey. Go to your room, said Dad. No turkey for you. We left the table and locked ourselves in our rooms as if we're in a castle. I started texting Marcus. Audrey went crazy and ruined fake Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, he replied. Did you at least try the turkey? No, we're left without food. That's really awful. I was boiling with anger, so I texted Marcus. Can you believe it? She claimed I stole you from her, but I didn't even like her. I know, only Audrey thinks otherwise. Don't worry, it'll be okay. My boyfriend replied. Audrey and I didn't talk for a week. She wouldn't even look in my direction. My parents tried everything they could to reconcile us. Going shopping with us. Bought us pizza. But nothing worked. Audrey shut everyone out and isolated herself. Whatever. I thought. She'll cool down. But I was wrong. Not only had she not cooled down, but she'd figured out a way to get back at me. It would have been fine if she'd... Let's say, spread a rumor that I had lice. I could live with that, but Audrey came up with an elaborate revenge. Even though she wasn't usually very creative, I could see she was up to something. She was fidgeting a lot, looking at me strangely, like a spider about to catch a fly. I gave up and decided to wait it out. Besides, I didn't have time to think about it. I was supposed to play the lead role in the Halloween play, The Witch. At the end, A bunch of angry townspeople were supposed to burn me, and I would put a curse on them before I died. It was my first major role. Before that, I played citizen number two or three. This was a big responsibility. Another rehearsal was scheduled for Wednesday. At the appointed time, everyone was standing on the stage in their costumes. Miss Patridge, our drama teacher, was going to give us the go ahead. Suddenly, I saw Audrey in the crowd of townspeople Wearing the same costume I was wearing. Why are you wearing that? I asked as I came closer. Haven't you heard? I'll be your double. What? Yeah, in case anything happens to you. (laughs) If anything happens to me, you know, if you get hit by a car, or if a flower pot falls on your head. I knew then that Audrey was up to something. Something bad. Audrey was shadowing me at every rehearsal, repeating every one of my lines. Beware, you worthless people! One day, you'll pay for capturing Ruth Prendergast, I exclaimed, and there was an echo over my shoulder. Beware, you worthless people! One day, you'll pay for capturing Ruth Prendergast. Afterwards, my sister would burst out laughing with such anger that it gave me goosebumps. I felt uncomfortable having her around all the time, but that was the strangest thing that awaited me. After a while, I noticed Audrey had a new haircut, and it was exactly the same as mine. What happened to your hair? I asked her, decided to change it up a little, but I thought you don't like it this length. People change, Mary. You should know that by now. I was less and less pleased with what was going on. Audrey wasn't herself. Not only had she copied my hairstyle, she started wearing my makeup. She dressed like me, and I thought she even spoke like me. At first, I thought she was mocking me. But then, I realized that she was serious. The rehearsals were ridiculous. It was hard to know who the real witch was. And who was the double. Even Miss Patridge got us mixed up sometimes. So this is your plan? I snapped at my sister at home. To be like me? No way. I'm just following your example, Miss Perfect. So, what's next? Take my place... Do you think no one will notice? She just smiled wryly and went back to her room. My parents thought it was weird too. It's like I have twin daughters now. (laughs) Mom laughed at the family dinner. Oh no, mom. I'm the same old Audrey, my sister answered, smiling innocently. Marcus was the only one who understood me. It's getting really creepy. It's like she wants to steal your identity. Am I in a Stephen King novel about two sisters and their blood feud? Not funny, I muttered. What am I supposed to do? Try to ignore it. But how? Everyone's already starting to mix this up. Soon, Miss Padgett will put Audrey in the leader without even realizing it. I don't think it'll come to that, Marcus reassured me. Besides, I would never confuse you with anyone else. And then I caught a cold, and I was in bed with a fever for a week. Can you imagine what happened in my absence? Audrey practically became me. She was playing two roles at the same time. The Wicked Witch and Mary. That is, me. I'll admit she was good at both. Many people didn't even notice my absence. I had to do something. I tried to talk to her, offered her whatever she wanted from my closet. I apologized, but apparently, not very sincerely, nothing helped she was more stubborn and opinionated than ever what do you want i asked her directly nothing i just want to be as gorgeous as you are but the strangest and most unpleasant thing was yet to come one day when i came home from school i found audrey and ron my ex-boyfriend at home they were rehearsing a scene from a play ron what are you doing here i asked in surprise Roland and I are rehearsing, Audrey said defiantly, and then we're getting something to eat afterwards. I grabbed her by the elbow and pulled her aside. Don't you think this is a little much? What do you mean? Do you think it's all about you? Maybe we were made for each other. But you're only doing it to piss me off! Yeah, right. (laughs) Audrey snorted and returned to Ron. They continued to rehearse. It wasn't long before I was confused as to who was Audrey and who was me. It was like I was in a nightmare that wouldn't end. Since that infamous Thanksgiving, Audrey had stolen everything from me. My looks, my habits, my ex-boyfriend. Sometimes I thought she even knew what I was thinking. However, the grand finale of this long-lasting revenge still gives me shivers. The final dress rehearsal didn't go so well. I mixed up a couple of lines. So I was very nervous before the performance itself. I suddenly began to realize that I have to play in front of a crowd of angry and bored teenagers. If I embarrass myself, it'll be remembered forever. Before I left the house, I spent quite a while staring at my reflection in the mirror. I hope I won't throw up. Marcus was supposed to meet me at school. When I pulled myself together and tried to open the door, I realized that it was locked. I heard Audrey laughing maliciously behind the door let me out audrey i screamed at the top of my lungs unfortunately my parents were at work and no one could hear me the only way out was through the window but i was afraid of heights and i was five meters from the ground for another 10 minutes i tried to find other options but there were none of course i could not keep the door open i opened the window and shaking with fear got out and climbed down the chestnut tree outside the house Now, I had to get to school quickly. I ran as fast as I could. My legs were shaky, but I made it to school. I stormed into the hall and jumped in Audrey as she was getting up on stage. There was a fight between us. Instead of breaking us up, everyone was filming us on their phones. Marcus was the only one who pulled us apart. The performance was successfully disrupted. We were both stripped of our roles and replaced by Dorothy, who couldn't say two words And she looked like a real witch. She didn't even need makeup. The principal called our parents to school. And we were grounded at home afterwards. Until you make up and learn to talk to each other, you will stay grounded. Mom delivered her stern verdict. Marcus and Ron were forbidden to come to our house. So, we only saw each other at school. They even took away our phones. It didn't help at first. We were both stuck in our rooms and never left them. Family dinners went on without us. The play took place without us. It wasn't me or Audrey the spotlight, but nasty Dorothy who managed to remember all the lines. My sister and I would have preferred to see her embarrass herself. But in the end, it was us who humiliated ourselves. Staying at home all the time was awful. Especially the night before Halloween. Meredith's party was coming up, and we were still grounded. I was dying to dress up as Marilyn Monroe, wrapped in toilet paper, and spend the night with Marcus. Audrey had her own plans with Ron. In the end, we called a truce. I know I went a little overboard. Audrey tried to apologize, but I just didn't know what to do. You see, you were getting the best of everything, and I was always in the shadows. But you weren't. A lot of people like the real Audrey, not a copy of me. I guess you're right. I was so confused by the end, she shrugged. Now we just have to figure out how to get out of the house. Yes, we have to get to the party, but how? I had no idea. However, Audrey had a plan. We waited for our parents to say goodnight, put pillows under our blankets, and snuck out the window. Audrey helped me get down. Walking on the street alone at night was creepy, but suddenly a car showed up with Marcus behind the wheel. We told him about our truce and headed off to the party. Why aren't you wearing costumes? Marcus asked. There was no time. I answered. We're still grounded. We had to act fast. Okay, I have an idea. Marcus drove us to the costume store, where his brother worked, which of course was already closed. But Marcus had a key. We were able to pick up the costumes we liked, and both settled on the witch look. We had an awesome time at Meredith's. We danced our heart outs, listened to scary stories, and then we witnessed Bob from the 10th grade stuff himself with nachos and throwing up. When we got back, our parents were waiting for us on the doorstep. Well, 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 look who's sneaking around. Mom was standing in the middle of the room in her nightgown. And where were you? At a party, we admitted frankly. And how did you get out? Through the window, Audrey helped me get down. We thought we were going to be punished again, but all of a sudden, Mom smiled. I see you finally made up and are acting like real sisters, so the house arrest is canceled for you. We were overjoyed. This story brought Audrey and I closer to each other, and we never had another fight like that again. Tell me, have you ever had a fight with your brother or sister? What did you have to go through? Leave your comments and like this video. You can find more interesting stories on our channel. I was prepared to not leave my room. I thought I'd have to hide from the boys forever, who were circling around me like wasps around Jam. Do you think it's great to be the center of guys' attention? Unfortunately, everything comes with a price. Hi, my name's Elizabeth, and I'll tell you how all the boys at our school suddenly fell in love with me. I live in a small town in New England with my parents and my little sister, Carmen. Out of the two of us, I've always been the ugly duckling and Carmen, the princess. I had to wear glasses because of my bad eyesight and braces to fix my bite. That's why I was always laughed at. Carmen, on the other hand, was a real beauty. Everyone adored her. It so happened that I was always in my younger sister's shadow. Maybe it annoyed me at first, especially when no one came to my birthday party. But then I accepted it and thought that popularity is a fickle thing. By ninth grade, I got used to my outcast image. And always dressed in black. Elizabeth, why didn't you want to dress like the other girls? My mother wondered. Because life is meaningless and cruel. And black reflects that best. My mom would usually stop talking after that. And preferred to switch the discussion to a more cheerful topic. Shopping, for example. As for my sister, most of the time, she didn't notice me. And at school, she preferred to say that I was her cousin from Europe. Guys kept ignoring me, as if I were invisible. I didn't get too upset and generally consider them to be a burden. But my friend Patricia didn't agree with me. She could talk about guys for hours, knew everything about them, gossip, rumors, their secrets. It was often difficult to stop her. Bob Richardson seems to have been injured and will probably be off the team. I think his ratings would plummet immediately. Patricia was obsessed with ratings, both of us were far from the top of her charts, but Patricia kept her head up. I can assure you that this year, our rankings will go up. After all, Susan gained a lot of weight, and Veronica's transferred to another school. Although, we got a new upstart, Jenny. But either way, this year won't be like last year. I didn't care about the ratings. I was just going with the flow. What difference does it make, Pat? I used to say, everything will change when we get to college. Here, we're the nerds, and there... We'll be the real queens. I know, but I'd like to be a queen now. She sighed dreamily. I wasn't into flashy clothes or jewelry or makeup, but Patricia convinced me to stop by a store and pick out a perfume. A little bit of Jasmine, and everyone would be crazy about us. The store was small and barely noticeable from the street. No one was inside, except a strange man in a cab near the cash register. He looked more like a magician than a perfume salesman. While Patricia was choosing a perfume, he came up to me and said, I know exactly what you need. You do? Absolutely. I can pick out a client's perfume just by looking at them. And what do I need? A little love, said the salesman, and handed me a bottle. I shook my head, wanting to see that I did not need the perfume. It's on the house. The man in the cab dismissed my objection. If you don't like it, you can return it. I was about to say no again, but Patricia grabbed my arm and hissed. What are you doing? Take it! It'll definitely improve your rating. Your friend knows what she's talking about. The salesman smiled at me. I reluctantly took the perfume and put it in my purse. It was weekend the next day. I was spending it alone. As usual, lying in bed, scrolling through my Instagram feed, sharing memes with Pat. Then, I painted my nails black. And then, I noticed my new perfume. I only wanted to smell it. Maybe love was hidden inside the bottle. I sprayed it on my wrist and sniffed it. The smell was strange, unlike anything I'd ever smelled before. No, I'm still the same old Elizabeth. I said out loud in frustration, no love here. The next morning, when the alarm clock went off and it was time to get up, I didn't immediately notice the change. I went downstairs to eat breakfast. Mom and dad were in the kitchen, and my sister was still in bed. Mom made me pancakes, and then she asked me in surprise, Elizabeth, where are your glasses? I touched the bridge of my nose. They were gone, but I could see so clearly, as if I had perfect vision. I guess I don't need them anymore. I said in shock. I got dressed, put some perfume on my neck, and ran to school. Dylan Morin, the hottie from my class, was standing on the school steps. When he saw me, he smiled and said, ''Hey, you look great.'' ''Hi,'' I said, embarrassed. ''You too.'' I didn't know what was going on. Maybe he was just messing with me, and I actually had toothpaste smeared on my cheek. It's just that Dylan never talked to me. When I sat down at my desk, I was surrounded by a bunch of guys, and everyone was saying something to me. ''Hey, what's up? Betty, you look amazing today.'' black suits you the bell rang and they finally left me alone Whew. i breathed a sigh of relief maybe it was just a prank someone probably decided to play a joke on me and convinced the boys to be a part of it during class a note landed on my desk betty i like you would you like to go to the movies darren that was too much at recess i found patricia and told her everything it's weird "'But your ratings have skyrocketed today. "'I don't care about ratings.' "'I snapped. "'I'm being chased by boys.' "'As I said that, I looked around "'and saw all these guys staring at me in a weird way. "'I think it's cool.' "'Pat shrugged. "'By the way, are you wearing your contacts?' "'No, I can see fine now without my glasses or contacts.' "'At home, Carmen came up to me. "'Hey, weirdo, what did you do? "'I hear the guys are all over you.' "'I didn't do anything.' sure thing you must be up to something stay away from nigel carmen gave me a stare and walked out of the room a couple of days later i had a dentist appointment after looking at the state of my teeth he said in astonishment "Hmm, you have a perfectly healthy bite now so i don't have to wear braces yes we'll take them off now but it's really strange i've never seen any teeth fall back into place so quickly i was so relieved Although I got used to wearing braces, I couldn't say I liked them. The food always got stuck in them, and I looked like Frankenstein's monster. But there was something else mixed in with the joy. Fear. I didn't know what was going on. I had a normal bite, could I sight? And now, guys were all over me. That seemed like a lot of coincidences for a few days. The girls at school had all sorts of theories about the boys' interest towards me. Collective insanity. A love potion. Magnetic storm. But no matter how they described it, the fact remained the same. Boys were literally stalking me. Nigel, my sister's boyfriend, was no exception. He was waiting for me by the entrance. Betty, you look so beautiful today. How could I not see it before? I don't know. You're dating my sister, and you're always at her house. Exactly. I was blind. Oh my god. Not that, please. Betty, would you like to go out sometime? Sorry, I'm in a hurry. This is the last thing I need. If Carmen finds out about this, I'm dead. I ran home and locked myself in my room, as if my house was a fortress that was about to be stormed by hordes of guys who are in love with me. But is it all real? There must be some kind of magic involved. Nigel's pursuit didn't stop the next day. He followed me around and tried to get me to go out with him. What about Carmen? I turned around and said, You don't like her anymore? I do. He mumbled uncertainly, and then added, It's just that you're different. So, what did you decide? Will you go out with me? No! I answered firmly, and pushed him aside. Remember that and stay away from me! But Nigel didn't want to listen. When Carmen and Nigel were at our house together, He sneaked out and came into my room. Hello, Betty. I've been thinking about you. I sighed heavily. Nigel, why can't you leave me alone? Because I love you. He came closer and took my hand. I was about to yank it out when my sister showed up in the doorway. What's going on here? She screamed angrily. It's not what you think. I tried to explain, but Nigel interrupted me. Please forgive me, Carmen, but I love your sister. What? That's ridiculous. Carmen was furious. How could you? She slammed the door and ran out of the room. I pushed Nigel out into the hallway and in despair just collapsed on my bed. Why is this happening to me? I should have been happy because the guys were crazy about me. But it only gave me a headache, just like I thought it would. It became impossible to be at school. All the girls, whose boyfriends were circling around me, joined forces against me. While the guys were giving me gifts, asking me out on dates, the girls declared a war on me and wanted to get me kicked out from school. And the leader of this hostile squad was, of course, my sister. During the confrontation, I lost a couple of locks of hair, and some of my shirts were now covered in paint. Patricia was the only one who wasn't discouraged. Your rating is somewhere around here now. She pointed to the chart. This is what I call the death zone. It means that your enemies outnumber those who like you. Cool, so I'm in the death zone. Yeah, but you got a lot of guys now. I didn't have enough space in my room for all the presents. At school, all the girls looked at me with anger and jealousy in their eyes. And my sister was the main enemy. "'I know why you took Nigel away from me,' she told me as I stood by my locker. "'You were always jealous of me. I wasn't jealous, and I didn't steal Nigel away from you. I don't like him at all. He's always following me around like a stalker, telling me how pretty I am.' "'Shut up!' shouted my sister. "'I won't leave it like this. I was getting awfully sick of it all. I was not used to being the center of everyone's attention.' I was flattered by the attention, but there was something off about it. I tried to figure out what was wrong. It was just that one day, the guy started going crazy about me. Everything was normal the day before, I went for a walk with Patricia. We stopped at a perfume store. (gasps) Perfume! I exclaimed. What was that strange man in the hat saying? Something about love and what I was missing. I decided to go to that store right away. It wasn't that easy to find. I circled that block for two hours. I walked up and down, counted all the signs, and when I got desperate, I spotted a very strange sign. There was no business name, just the slogan, We'll grant your every wish. I went inside. Behind the counter was the man in the hat. Ah, the girl who lacked love. He greeted me. How are you doing? Is this you're doing? All the boys are following me. They're literally obsessed with me. Maybe the concentration is too high. He scratched the back of his head. Can you fix it? It's very easy. Just stop using perfume, and gradually everything will go back to the way it started. But are you sure that's what you want? Oh yes, I can't take it anymore. I handed him the perfume. It's your decision. He smiled, taking the bottle from my hands. But if anything, you knew where to find my store. I walked out of the store and sighed with relief. In a few days, the number of my admirers dropped by half. A week later, no one noticed me. Not even Nigel. It's a shame that your rating is back to the same level. Patricia pointed at the chart. At least I'm not in the death zone. My sister stopped being mad at me after Nigel came crying to Carmen, and she forgave him. The other girls have also cooled down and were no longer willing to kick me out of school. I was back to my old self. Even my glasses were back where they used to be. At least now, I know what it's like to be adored by everyone. I can't deny that at times, it was enjoyable, but definitely overwhelming. I'd rather be myself. Would you be able to enjoy life with so many enemies and admirers? How would you use the perfume? Post your comments. I'm very curious to know. The teacher's eye twitched nervously when he looked at me. I stood in front of him, nervously rubbing my notebook. The girls were whispering and laughing, but the boys were ready to eat me up with their amorous stares. Katie, I have never seen a student like you. The teacher's voice quivered. Either you answer my question or you go straight to the principal. I squealed like a mouse. The boys were all gasping with emotion, and there was hysterical laughter among the girls. It was the toughest test I'd ever had. Hi, my name is Katie, and I'm actually a genius, but I have to pretend to be stupid to get guys to like me. Before this school year, I went to another school, and I had my picture up on all the honor boards. I could compete with a lot of the teachers in terms of knowledge, and our physicist even quit after arguing with me and through a real tantrum on the principal. After fifth grade, I stopped doing homework altogether because I was so good at it, and I had a place at Yale already secured. But my life wasn't like a fairy tale. I guess it's no secret that guys don't like girls who are too smart. I have a beautiful appearance, but my intelligence scared away all the admirers. When I was on another date, I'd get a little carried away and I'd start discussing the stages of evolution, the boundaries of the universe, or the splitting of atoms. The guys would just blow right off, and they wouldn't even talk to me at school. But I wanted love so bad, more than anything. So when I got transferred to a new, better school in the state, I decided to change my life. Why do I need brains that outshine my beauty? I want a boyfriend, I want dates and attention. So I decided to play dumb and according to my calculations, it was going to help me. The first day, I went to school as a living doll. The guys were drooling, but the girls were a little wary. I'm a quick thinker, so I went straight to the breach. Walking down the corridor, I supposedly tripped next to a handsome man, and he just happened to catch me. Baby, are you okay? He played with his eyebrows. Wow, you're strong. I squeezed his biceps. Are they made of steel? I just work out a lot. He answered proudly. And I drink protein. Do you drink them right? How much protein do you consume? What's your protein base? And is it certified? The guy's look immediately changed. He was batting his eyes stupidly. And I think he froze. I'm getting carried away again. What the hell was that curse? Okay, that was a slip. But I almost made it. I decided to change tactics and try my luck with a smarter guy. After picking the best-looking one in biology class, I paired up with him. Everything was going great. I was dumb as hell, and he felt like a real hero. He even put his palm on mine. It took my breath away. But what is he doing? This isn't right at all. I took the guy's microscope away. Are you an idiot? It's so clear. What the hell did you write? Katie, I. The poor guy started stuttering, and I started to rewrite the whole thing in a frenzy. And by the time I realized what I'd done, the guy had already run away. <coughs> and from that moment on, he was on his way to avoid me. What a genius idiot I am! Even zombie wouldn't eat my brain. I'm too smart. But I invented a new tactic, and I joined the company of beautiful fools. Around them, the guys walk like a herd of buffalo at the watering hole. I couldn't understand how it was possible. Even cats are smarter than these girls. Even my microwave knows more tasks than they do. The only thing that saved me was that I am a fast learner and could adapt to their strange behavior. Pretty soon, I could pretend to be so stupid that my brain was catching critical errors. And it worked. I was hit on by a real hottie. Pete and I went on a date, and this strong man was literally carrying me in his arms. I had never heard so many compliments about myself before. One day, he took me to the gym to show how strong he was. Wow, what a barbell. I went over to the dumbbells and looked at them stupidly. It's dumbbells, he proudly announced, and hugged me. You don't know anything about it, do you, cat? No, will you show me? Sure baby, that's a kettlebell. He held up a huge kettlebell and I was fascinated by his muscles. And this is where I set my record. No one can beat me. Pete went over to the weight machine, set his maximum weight and pushed the lever as hard as he could. I'm super powered, you know, I'm like Superman. And then I started shaking with anger. My brain was screaming Then it became hysterical. Even my eyes went black. Superman, that's just leverage. I went over to the simulator. I made the lever longer and I adjusted it. And then I put my little weight on it and did the same thing Pete did. It's basic physics. What is wrong with you, Pete? How can you be so stupid? There was laughter from all sides of the guys. Pete's lip trembled and he ran away. And I slapped my forehead with my palm I'd ruined it again. I was already desperate, thinking it was all useless. Plus, my studies made my teachers furious. I came in here with the best performance. But in reality, I couldn't solve an elementary example. Because of my disguise, my parents were hysterical, and I made up stupid excuses. I was getting ready to get smart. But then, I met Caleb, a musician from the parallel class with an angelic voice. He was incredibly handsome and cool, though he was on the verge of dropping out. I don't need to study, I'm a musician. He was saying, but Caleb was so charming that I fell in love. He wooed me beautifully, composed songs, and gave me the most unforgettable dates. You're so good to me, Cat. You're so simple, not like those nerds. I hate nerds, I murmured melting in his arms. I was finally done messing things up. My brain was just shutting down from love. But at the end of the semester, the midterm oh. test began, which brought me back from the dream world. Caleb was so bad at studying that he wasn't even bothered. He'd be expelled for sure. And so would I. The teachers wanted to get rid of me on principle and wrote angry messages to my previous principal. Yeah, I really screwed him over, he vouched for me. So, in another algebra class, I got axed with an elementary question. Caleb was staring at me with love and the teacher was freaking out. Boyfriend or career, a choice that seemed impossible to me. That's where I started my story. Sit down, cat, the teacher said nervously. You can go right after class and sign the expulsion papers. No, I came up to the blackboard. Give me your tasks, all of them. And I solved them all by writing all over the blackboard and even the wall. The kids looked at me with their mouths open and it was like the teacher saw a ghost. Lesson after lesson, I amazed everyone. I pulled all my grades in just a few days and the teachers, even the principal, saw me as a real treasure. But Caleb wasn't thrilled. So you're a nerd, he said disappointedly. Yes, but we're good together. You lied to me. You're a crammer, Cat. I don't mess with nerds. You're a fool. I got angry. You get expelled. You wouldn't even be able to play music. All the rock stars were nerds, he retorted. When? The 80s? Ow. This is the 21st century. Give me a break, Cat. You have homework to do. He left, and I was filled with anger. How could he treat life like that? He'll ruin himself and be nothing. I stormed into his rehearsal room, blazing with anger. Come here, I said sternly, and dragged the boy by the hand. What, are you out of your mind? Just drop your guitar already. I was as unstoppable as a snow avalanche. When I took Caleb back to my house, I locked the room, where my books were already prepared. Cat, are you out of your mind? Sit down and listen. I sat down next to him, textbook in hand. Get away from me. Why are you doing this? Because I love you, you fool. I won't let you get kicked out of school. Understand? I'm not going to read any stupid textbooks. You won't. Just listen. You're a musician. And you're better at hearing information. That's why it's hard for you to memorize lyrics. I made Caleb listen to himself. We took breaks for tea and conversation. And then I'd go back to hammering it into him. The kid didn't like it but I managed to teach him for days at a time. Cat, that's it, that's it, I don't like it. Okay, I crossed my arms around my chest. My anger, overwhelming. School's not my thing, Cat. Yeah, you're better off living with your parents until you're old, work at the diner, play guitar in your spare time, maybe even play at a cafe or two. Good luck, Caleb. When he left, I cried. I'd fallen in love for the first time, kissed for the first time, and he ruined everything. When he gets expelled, we'll never see each other again. He doesn't want someone like me. And I guess it was not love for him. For a week straight, all I listened to was the song that Caleb had dedicated to me. And then, in a heartbreak, I deleted it. I made my choice. But as soon as I did, I heard the same song from across the street. Caleb? I almost fell out the window. I'm sorry, Cat. I'm an idiot. Caleb put the guitar down, and then he showed me his textbooks. I don't want to drop out of school because that's where I see you. I love you, Cat. Will you help me pass my exams? I was so happy! I was ready to fly! In the evenings, I taught Caleb on my own, and at night, I recorded audio lessons for him. When he couldn't come to class, he'd listen to my voice on his headphones and learn. Even when he was driving his car around town, I could hear my voice through the speakers. It was exam day and I couldn't help myself. I gave my boyfriend a big kiss. You can do this, Caleb. Just know that I love you. While we waited for the test results, Caleb wasn't himself. The teachers and principal just chuckled indulgently and they were surprised he was still in school. Even his friends were convinced that he was going to get kicked out of school. But worst of all, Caleb himself was sure of it. Classes with you were the best time of my life, he said. Caleb looked at me sadly. Thank you, Cat. I wouldn't forget that. I burst into tears, thinking this was the end of our relationship. The next morning, after a sleepless night, I heard screams under the window. It was Caleb, and he looked like a happy puppy not a badass rocker. I passed the test, Cat. I'm staying in school. We can keep our hands off each other for days with joy. Finally, my intelligence was able to help me get on with my personal life and also help the person I love. Even now, Caleb often listens to my records and learns new things, but he doesn't forget about music either. Guys, if you think being smart is a curse, give it up. Intelligence can give you so much more than popularity in school don't sacrifice your future for supposed fame. Are there any of you who suffer because of your intelligence? Share your stories in the comments, like and share this video with your friends. Also, be sure to subscribe to our channel and click the bell.